Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Terminal Deceleration Podcast. My name is Chris Begg, and joining me this week is Jens F. Ryland from the band Borknaga. Um, welcome, Jens. Yeah, hey. Thanks. What's, what's been going on in your world? Um, lots and uh, less. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You, you know, the album release is, uh, is kind of, um, uh, yeah. Uh, puts a puts a focus on that and uh and i got uh, a company uh, up and running so i have enough to do there too oh nice so you're uh, very very, and, uh, very busy yeah regular stuff kids all that you've you've been with uh with bork naga since the archaic course album yeah uh how did you first get involved with the band um so happens that uh, Einstein is my brother-in-law, and um, I met him uh, about the time when the first album was recorded, um, because he had then moved in with my sister over in Bergen, and I lived in Oslo. Mm-hmm. So I went over there to visit them, and um, uh, coincidentally. Uh, they were actually in studio recording the first album. So I, I uh, dropped by uh, Grigholm uh, uh, by the time they were actually mixing the album. Okay, uh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, then they recorded the second album. And uh, by that time, uh, Borknagar was signed to, uh, to Century Media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a uh, bigger label, more focus. And there was uh, obviously a tour ambition. So uh, at some point in the summer of 97, uh, simply called me up and he said, Hey Jens, uh, what are you doing in September? <laughs> and I said, uh, uh, I don't know, why? And he said, you want to come with us uh, on tour as the second guitarist? <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, not the kind of thing and, you're uh, going to turn down, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, because um, he wanted, he had so many layers of guitars, he wanted uh, to, to, to bring a, a, a session guitarist for the tour. Mm. Um, so I started uh, traveling over to Bergen and, and rehearse, and it so happened that the, the September tour was then uh, turned down because, uh, because Chris uh, Garm uh, left. Mm. Um, and, uh, and it uh, ended up as my job to recruit uh, Vortex. <clears throat> okay, and Vortex had worked with with Garm in Arcturus at that point, hadn't he? Yeah, so that was actually uh, Garm that uh, that uh, sent me in. He said, uh, "You're gonna go down to this uh, this metal bar in Oslo called Elm Street. You're gonna find that two meters tall blonde guy who plays on the pinball machine all the time, <laughs> and you're gonna ask him to to, to replace me in Borknagar." I said, "Okay." <laughs> so. So I brought, I brought a couple of LPs and I, I found him at the pinball machine on Elm Street and I, I bought him a beer and gave him a, a LP a, a record and said you want to you want to sing for us. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's been my, one of my best friends ever since. Oh, nice. And it, it's all all started over um, a pinball machine. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So uh, with with the new album um, Winter Thrice, uh, what was what was the recording process like? Like where did where did you record it? Did you all go in together or? No, by by now we um we all use Cubase and uh, I have one of those uh, a little um, 
external sound cards and just plug uh, my guitar straight into it. And, okay. Uh, um, and so, so what happens is that uh, Austin uh, makes, uh, or, or he made uh, this time as he did uh, the two previous times, he made a like a pre-production uh, recording uh, with, uh, I believe there was guitars and some programmed drums, and he had some keyboards to um, uh, mostly use for for bass uh, tune songs and, and a little bit of that. So, so it was like a uh, intentional uh, this is how um, I think this should work and, and he just sends it around and, and uh, people start working on that and especially Andreas and uh, and Lars um, starts simply recording uh, on top of that and obviously uh, you can't do that with drums so um, uh, by the time board was uh, uh, prepared they uh, they went up into um, into top room and recorded the drums in uh, a few days because um, uh, you've, you've used top room quite a bit over the last couple of albums haven't you we we used the top room uh, for for many years for, but uh, obviously um uh, empiricism was made uh, with uh, burger finstar and top room and and he mixed it and all that by now we we simply use it as a recording hub uh, when we need it um Berge Finsta is um, very good at uh, making uh, on, on drums, uh, acoustic instruments especially. So, so uh, when we set up a drum kit, he can just make it sound right. Mm. Um, and and then uh, I think uh, or or Austin punched or did the, the technician uh, function on there while Bond was uh, recording. Okay. And and after that, after that, we we recorded a, a little bit here. Did I recorded my um, uh, what's it called? My my um, main guitar was recorded uh, in top room mm. with Austin with the, 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 being the technician, and my solo and melody lines I actually recorded at home. Okay. Uh, okay. Lars makes everything at home, and uh, Andreas uh, has his own has his own uh, home studio, so so he can he he has uh, everything set up for, for vocals there. He, uh, he produces everything himself. Um, Vortex's um, uh, vocals was was done in Garm's studio, actually. Oh, okay. And and obviously Garm also sang there. Yeah. So a little bit here, a little bit there. It's a it's a carpet. Yeah. Well, speak speaking of the vocals, I mean, you got basically four vocalists on this album. Uh, five. Five. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, even uh, Atera is uh, contributing uh, as a guest on uh, one of the songs. Okay, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> there's five. Like, so, yeah. I mean, ob- obviously one of the biggest things for, for Borknaga fans is the fact that um, the, the Garm is, is back for a couple of songs on this album. The arranger, like, how, did, how did he come back into the picture? <laughs> um, I think it, it's kind of the circle... Uh, being complete because you know with the with the 20th um, anniversary for the first release coming up now this year um, I, I think Eastern kind of wanted to um, mark that in in a way so uh, I'm not sure actually who 
presented the idea or how exactly that happened, but, um, but both me and Einstein and Lars uh, have uh, a relationship with uh, with uh, Garm. Uh, so I see him downtown now and then, and we have a beer and okay. and, uh, <laughs> and just uh, say hello and uh, how's everything and. And uh, I might have mentioned it to him over a beer. Just uh, well, you should probably come back and and, and do a guest thing again. Um, <clears throat> with him being set up with a pretty good home studio, I think what happened is that Einstein, after some uh, uh, talk, Einstein simply sent him the files, and he said, "Can you listen to this song? I think I want you to, uh, if you could, uh, add a chorus to the." Um, this and that part and uh, what happened is that uh, Garm simply sat down in the studio and he started listening to this so that, I believe that was then went to thrice and he started singing <laughs> it didn't stop <laughs> <laughs> he, he sends the files back to Austin and said I, I ended up doing a little more than you could ask me to <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, "Can you send me some more?" <laughs> <laughs> so he ended up doing that on on, a, on another song too. <laughs> so yeah, we laughed about that. Yeah, okay. he uh, he kind of just sort of disappeared from the metal scene for quite a while, didn't he? With um, yeah, when Ulva took a, a change in direction. Yeah, I think he kind of I think he enjoys that uh, direction in music uh, more. Mm. Um, he um, he kind of he kind of said um, a few years back that uh, he he doesn't see he he's not comfortable uh, on stage doing grim vocals. Mm. So he he can he even you know we brought him on stage when we did Inferno in two thousand and twelve. Oh, did you? Yeah, we brought him on stage for the the, the last part of uh, uh, Dawn of the End. Uh, the the last song on the second album, which mm. we uh, have used as a as a finishing song, uh, quite a bit, uh, and we brought him on, and he did his own choirs there. Oh, nice! Is, is there a video of that on YouTube? Or? Yeah, I think there's uh, some some bad phone thingy. Uh, so nobody, uh, no, I think we kind of caught everybody by surprise by uh, bringing him on. Uh, and and obviously I, I talked to him first. I said, "You want to do the whole song?" And he said, "No, I, I don't do grim vocals anymore. I'm not comfortable on stage doing grim vocals." Mm. So I said, "Well, you can come on and do the the, the last choirs there." I was actually with the, with the Andreas also. Kind of kind of spewing. I, I wasn't there. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the problems with um, li- living on the other side of the world. On the other side of the world, yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is the first album with um with the new drummer Bard, who you guys obviously recruited after Dave Kincaid left. Uh, yeah. How, how did you? Before. I oh, was before, was it? <laughs> <laughs> like, how did you, how did you like? How did you guys find him? Did you you already had him in mind as a replacement for David, or? Well, this all happened when the, um, Vortex was doing his solo album, the the ICS Vortex uh, album called the. Uh, uh, Stormseeker, hmm. um, and uh, he was recording that with uh, Oscar Mikkelsen on drums, and they were using Top Room, and uh, to pay uh, down his uh, rental, uh, he actually ended up uh, working a bit as a puncher, you know, technician. 
Okay, yeah. For, for, for the studio. Um, and so he was there as the technician when, when board and uh, I, I'm not sure if, if it was the rendezvous point recording of, or it was uh, something else, but, uh, but Borden and some guys came in there to record. And, uh, and uh, Bord uh, and these guys are all uh, uh, music university students, well, they were, uh, he's done now. Mm. So <laughs> I remember Seaman being, uh, Vortex being really flabbergasted by the, the, the level of, of skills in that band. And uh, and uh, he called me up and said, "You don't, you you will not believe this drummer guy. I see, <laughs> he's crazy." Um, so first, Oscar kind of quit ICS Vortex, and um, um, Vortex then simply called up board and said, "Do you want to? Can you play with me?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, and uh, that uh, at that time I was also involved. Uh, in the Vortex. Uh, we did a, the first concert together over in Helsinki. And um, so, so he was already engaged with, uh, with uh, Vortex uh, as, a, as a drummer uh, by the time Kincaid started um, launching plans about moving, moving back to the States and, and uh, joining Soulfly. Mm. So we we simply waited until uh, Dave uh, quit and uh, and just recruited board. <laughs> Simple as that. That was a nice transition. No time without a drummer, which is good. <laughs> okay, bye bye then. Yeah. Uh, board, do you want to come? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know, like here, it's extremely hard for, to find drummers. So I don't know what well, I don't know what it's like over there. No, uh, we actually, it was a bit weird though, because we, we were already set on talking to him. And when Dave left, we had uh, uh, several high level applications uh, coming in. Uh, <laughs> and I couldn't just tell them that no, we, we already have one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, we're actually don't, we're not recruiting, we already have a new drummer. <clears throat> well, I guess it's, it's one of those things too, because because of the style of drums that goes with Borknagar, you've got to have a very specific. There's got to, there is a certain level of drummer that that you need. Yeah, that too. And uh, admittingly, uh, we being the first proper metal band that Bord uh, joined, um, there was a transition period where he, he uh, was uh, rehearsing blast beat quite uh, a bit. Mm. So yeah. I was afraid he was going to get a. Uh, straining, uh, strain his <laughs> muscles in the beginning. His playstyle was insane, you know. <laughs> he, well, he it, it. It'd be a very metal injury to have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, break break your arms doing blast beats. So, so as far as the writing process goes, is it Ustin that writes all the, all the songs and then just sends it out for everyone to then work on? Well, Ustin has at every given point enough material to make another album okay so by now uh, he's he's probably sitting on material for for two for two albums because <laughs> uh, um, uh, winter thrice was was done already back in uh, beginning of July um, so what he does when he gets to the point where he wants to to do a new album he, he kind of puts it together and uh, Mixes and matches, uh, writes some new stuff, some new stuff, and um, 
and does his uh, he his pre-production before he sends it out um, on <clears throat> both um, on Universal, no, on Urd. Um, also, Vortex was back and, and delivered uh, one song, and uh, but he didn't uh, he didn't have time for that on, on this run. And um, Lars has also contributed with the one song ever since he joined. So is he so, is he doing that again for Winter Thrice? Yeah, there's one uh, there's one song uh, written by Lars on the new album. So yeah, um, lyrics. Um, I think uh, they're split almost fifty fifty between uh, Andreas and, uh, and Austin. I'm not I'm not sure. I haven't looked. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me you know oh yeah <laughs> you, you just do your guitar parts and that's it yeah so i'm, I'm guessing then you guys are a heavily an inter- internet band with especially with um with andreas being down in sweden and Ersten being in um in bergen and you in oslo yeah so I'm, I'm guessing a lot of the communication then all happens online and yeah um there's um, a rather big Dropbox <laughs> involved. <laughs> well, it works. That's the that's the thing. Uh, technology has has made that very easy for us. Um, it, and it's a bit it's a bit sad, you know. I I haven't seen Andreas since um, we did Inferno in 2012. Oh. I haven't physically been in the same room with Andreas since 2012. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, uh, that's why it was. We were really uh, sad that he couldn't make it for the uh, for the video shoot because that was uh, just like, yeah, finally, it's been three years. Come over, man, uh, three and a half years. Come over and do the video with us. And then after a couple of weeks, he he gets back and and says, no, I'm I can't. The, the doctor has uh, grounded me. I can't travel because of the year. That's right, because he had he had a pretty bad accident. Yeah, was that was bad. Year. That was rough. Yeah, it was um, spring last year. Yeah, that was bad. He was in coma for several days. Oh, really? I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah. I mean, I know he had problems with his hearing. Yeah, so so, so he was um, he was working on uh, he was helping his brother. He was building a house, and he fell down from the first floor. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and because he was lifting some stuff, stuff, and he simply tread over the. The edge and and fell on his back mm. on, on the first floor, so he uh, he uh, split his head open uh, in the, the back of his head, and he was in coma for several days. Oh, that's brutal. So, so yeah, so they um, they sorted him out, and uh, the the right ear was the biggest problem because there it was it was practically deaf, um, and then they <clears throat> they let him heal. And they wanted to operate on him, or they did an operation. Hmm. And uh, a little while after the operation to sort out his hearing, there was complications. Uh, so he was simply not allowed to uh, to fly or, or travel because of the uh, pressure in his uh, inner ear. That's the whole. Uh, that's the thing with it. So do they think? Um, do but, they think he will be able to travel eventually? Yeah, it's like um. um it's 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 a passing uh, condition, uh, but uh, I don't I don't think they know how long it's going to take. That's the problem with it. Hmm. So I think I don't think he's okay still. 
but he's working. He's back at work, and uh, and you know he's uh, uh, doing some stuff with Wintersorg and recording some some stuff. So 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 he's uh, he's okay. He's he's not. Uh, He's doing okay. No. Well, that's, that, that's, the, just, that's the important thing. You, you want to make sure yeah. he's healthy. Yeah. Uh, so did he record the vocals for Winter Thrice before the accident or afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the first thing he does when he wakes up from the coma, he calls up Austin and he's totally wasted on morphine. <laughs> he says, man, I, I can't record... I can't be here. I need to record the last bits of the vocals. And Austin is like, you shut the fuck up. We're in the hospital, man. I don't give a shit about the vocals. <laughs> no, but I'm not done with the vocals. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, well, that's dedication. That's uh, Yeah. That's insanity, man. That's it's, insane. It's, it's, it's definitely, definitely insane, but a, a very dedicated insane. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, he he's he had been already working quite a bit, uh, that which you can hear on, on when when you hear the entire album. Mm. Uh, and since we we have both uh, Vortex and Lars and uh, Chris uh, joining, and even uh, uh, Paul uh, being uh, uh, in the position he is, <laughs> we we weren't really worried about the vocals. Mm. And, and he, so so uh, yeah, so I I think he actually managed to finish some off. Uh, in late uh, in mid uh, June or something, uh, that he kind of said, "I need I need this last part done or something." So, but uh, but yeah, it was done before the accident. That's a yeah, that's that's an amazing story actually. It's it's uh, yeah, it kind of is. I have to agree on that. So, um, with with recording for Winter Thrush, what 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 kind of guitar setup did you have? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> we um, I recorded everything on the on the DI signal, mm-hmm. so it's a it's like a uh, I plug it straight into Cubase and I set a listening sound that's a shitty fuzz guitar, uh, something that can make it work uh, the way I kind of rehearsed it, and then I record it uh, with the 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 straight on. Um, processed signal straight in mm-hmm. and I send it to Oyster and, uh, and we, we, we reamped everything this time. Okay. So we kind of, we kind of set everything up in studio uh, when everything is recorded and we have the, uh, the angle sound uh, that we want to have on the album. Mm-hmm. And, and then we simply reamp everything through that sound and, and uh, adjust it a little bit uh, to make my guitars sound the way uh, I have the way as I sound, you know, so uh, to not make everything uh, exactly the same. Mm. So the rig on the actual recording, that's pretty boring. That's, uh, I don't even remember, some shitty Marshall sound, uh, which was the only thing that was uh, default in Cubase. That's right. You know, I, I sounded like it. I remember when you first got um guitar rig. <clears throat> And you, yeah. you had a big issue with the Marshall sound. <laughs> yeah. I can't make that work. Simply can't make that work. <laughs> it's strange because everybody can make that work, but I, I can't. We've got a, a few questions from, from other people. Oh. Um, really? Well, 
two actually. Um, oh, cool. Because I really know how to use the social media. Um, <laughs> so uh, this one was was from ICS Wagner on Twitter. Was and he wanted to know if there are any plans for a Latin America tour? Um, I can tell you that I'm now looking at a route for a European tour. Um, we have been presented with a, a routing, uh, an offer. Um, when we have that, uh, when we have agreed on that, uh, we'll start looking into what to do next. And uh, South America has been on the table for uh, for quite a while. Um, it's just um, you know the hassle about going there. I need <clears throat> I need there to be. Uh, serious agents and, and, and good contracts and all that stuff. Yeah. So, but there's an ambition. I really want to go to, to South America, but uh, let's see what happens. So, so let's, let's call it that. It, there's an, an ambition, but no concrete plans. So it's a possibility. Yeah, uh, it's a possibility. Have you guys ever been to, to Latin America at all? Because I know you did an American tour many years ago. Yeah. And um, yeah, we toured with uh, with Emperor in the in uh, North America back in '99, and we were actually set up to go to to Mexico City on one of the gigs, but uh, it, it ended up being only um, uh, Emperor going, and uh, us and Witchery did a gig in in Dallas, I think. Okay, nice. Yeah, um, and it's a it, it was a strange. Um, was the we, we headlined then there of course uh, the only gig we headlined on the tour since uh, Emperor was gone and, and we pull out to this uh, this bar this metal bar in in Dallas Texas and um, <clears throat> uh, somebody has written <laughs> you know the the kind of letters that uh, you can just um, uh, s- slap on a window you no know? uh, they're like a not magnet letters, but uh, free yeah. letters. And they had, they probably had a, a whole bunch of those letters. So they had written on the window of this uh, of this bar, concert tonight. Um, <laughs> Bork nigger. Witchery, <laughs> 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 and this is this is Dallas, Texas. So we kind of pull up and say, "What the? You can't be serious." You, 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 is it that hard to explain? And then one of the Swedes just jumped out of the bus <laughs> and he, he walks over to the window and exchanged the two letters. So <laughs> now the, the poster said, work nigger and bitchery. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that is horrible. And it's like, it can't get any worse than this. <laughs> and you're in Texas oh, at the got- same time. Yeah, that's awful. That's awful. <laughs> and obviously, we, we we had quite a laugh for for a few minutes. That we just took it all down. He said, "This this can't be serious. We can't have this on here. Can't say Borknigger. Yeah. That's not an option." There, 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 there's too many levels of of wrongness. <laughs> of wrong. Yeah. yeah, there's 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 so much wrong in that yeah. thing. So so work nigger and bitchery. That's just- who would who would come to that kind of concert? You know, it's like it, what kind of audience do you expect on on uh, when you it, it, when it, you put up that? It, it might appeal to the KKK. <laughs> yeah. Or you just have a very yeah, racist audience. Just 
<laughs> yeah, that, that's what we kind of thought. So it's like this is not happening because we're gonna be we're gonna be buried in pitchforks. Yeah, you don't have to shave your heads before you went on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this um, so that's, that was our, that was our uh, anyway. That was our only time. Uh, well, we had a a tour cancelled back in two thousand and nine, I think, uh, where this supposed agent uh, set us up on a 10 gig uh, South America tour and then he went AWOL. So when we were about uh, three weeks ahead of the of the tour happening, I kind of can't, had to cancel it because this guy had not sorted out visas or plane tickets or anything. So, so uh, That seems and, to be and a very was, common that, thing. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was really sad. That, that was a lot of noise uh, with that uh, so um, uh, after that, uh, we kind of also discovered that uh, what kind of following we have down in those countries, which made it even more interesting. Mm, they they, they so, love their metal over there. Uh, Vortex has been there with both with Dimi Borgir and with Arturus. Uh, and he's going again in March with Arturus. Oh, nice. And, uh, and he's, uh, it's, it's insane. With the with Dimu, they needed to have uh, bodyguards and uh, all that stuff. Had to put up fences and all, all that stuff. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah, they they went completely nuts. So, uh, yeah, that's a it's a good reaction. You know, people like you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you you're you're not doubting it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's this this wouldn't be a, a proper interview, especially saying as though I'm from a different country, is to say. When are Borknaga going to come to Australia? It's um, it's an ambition there too. Um, <laughs> well, I really want to go. I haven't been to Australia. I haven't been to to Asia, so so I really want to uh, to look into that. And um, it's not that long since we had uh, we we last had an offer. But but you know we we don't do this full time. You know we we all have jobs and careers, uh, so. So even doing a, a two-week tour in Europe is a lot of moving parts that needs to be sold mm. uh, to to make everybody able to to go away from home for two weeks. Uh, kids and, and jobs and companies and uh, yeah, all that all that shit. So um, okay, I'll keep obviously, dreaming. Oh. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, we've got a okay. got a question from um, Dean Barker, who was actually on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, and we actually spoke about the the Borknaga, uh beard oil because because oh, yeah. he's a he's a heavily bearded man, and <laughs> he wants to know what are some of the lesser known benefits to using the Borknaga beard oil. The lesser-known benefits. Well, I didn't know there were any benefits when when uh, we got into this. So, so I asked the guys, uh, "Why do I need a beard oil?" And uh, and, and um, they they kind of taught me that um, uh, some people are experiencing uh, some some minor rashes uh, in the in the roots of, of beard uh, in the in the skin when they have beards. And uh, and that's one thing the beard oil simply takes away. It uh, it kind of makes everything smooth and, and easy. Uh, so so it's uh, easier to you know control the beard. <laughs> <laughs> does does it make so, it, does uh, it make yeah. you more grim? 
yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and, and tough. <laughs> <laughs> so grim and tough, Dean. Use it and you'll become grim and tough. Yeah. You, you, can, you can pretend to be a Viking. <laughs> well, he's got the height. He's got the height for a Viking, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it comes with the it comes with the the, the boasting rights. You can pretend to be a, a Viking. <laughs> <laughs> it says so on the label. <laughs> That's free. <clears throat> you, you you pay for the beard oil, but you stay for the uh, for the Viking rights. You should, yeah, we should actually have that. Yeah, you are now allowed to look into the mirror and say skull. <laughs> Look at look grim, and say skull. I love it. Are there any bands going around at the moment that you're you're quite fond of? I'm very fond of uh, Devin Townsend project, uh, and I'm I'm in a period now where I I've been a dream theater fan since uh, like. Uh, 93 i think so now uh, i have a period uh, where I, I listen to that a bit uh, and they have a kind of an exciting new release coming out um, um more is there uh, that's pretty much it. pretty much it pretty much it that's <laughs> all else is rubbish <laughs> <laughs> No, I listen to I listen to a little bit of this and a little bit of that, um, but uh, it is not nothing has um, uh, pulled me off the chair like uh, that Devin Townsend uh, album, uh, but it's already been two or three years, hasn't it? I'm not sure. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of <laughs> Devin Townsend. I honestly honestly haven't had much of a listen. Really. Mm. You should have a look at uh, that uh, live recording he did over in London at uh, the Albert Hall, uh, where he he played the last album, and you also have um, Anneke von Jatsberg, uh, who is the the female uh, voice on that album. She didn't tour with him, but she came in for that uh, that special uh, recording. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can see Devin Townsend on stage. You can pick up on, on what I'm talking about. He's he is by far the best front guy around mm. in music business. He's like uh, the entertainer level is uh, uh, past uh, Robbie Williams. Yeah, there is there is nobody. He, he, that's he, watching him live is just insane. Yeah, and he's got quite the sense of humor as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he's brilliant. Everything he does is brilliant. You know, it's like uh, a friend of mine was saying last night: if you, if you, if he has a crowd of of two thousand people and he's on stage in the middle of a song, he will raise one eyebrow and the entire crowd will cheer, will raise their hands and cheer. You know? <laughs> it's insane. It, it, you don't you don't see anybody who controls uh, his listeners like uh, like Devin Thompson. Yeah, that's amazing but, crowd uh, control, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a just brilliant because that's the kind of presence he has on stage. Mm. He, he's uh, there is nobody else uh, like that in the business these days. Yeah, there's no, there's not enough showmanship anymore. No, well, it's so effective, you know. Mm. It's a uh, and and uh, with the whole black metal uh, scene, it's kind of contradictory, you know. 
that's not, you're supposed to be so evil. I don't give a shit about what you think. I'm here to play music to myself because I'm so evil. <laughs> I'm so true. <clears throat> so, so I see there are some people here. Why are you here? I'm here for myself. I'm not here for you. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I didn't advertise for you guys to come to my show. <laughs> no, go away. If there's more than 15, if there's more than 15 people here, I will be called a sellout. Yeah, that's so, right. <laughs> but buy my album. Go. But don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my album is shit. Don't buy it. You're gonna hate it. No, I mean you're gonna like it, which I hate because yeah. I'm so evil. So if you hate it, I like it. Or if you like it, I hate it. I mean, <laughs> I like whatever the, whatever you think. I think the opposite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm so evil. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so true. So true. So cold. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I've been in the business for too long. <laughs> Uh, I remember on this uh, on this um, North America tour, uh, I think the one thing that has pr provoked me the most ever. Uh, we we stop on a, like a diner uh, to go in and have a lunch uh, on on the road between one city to another. Um, so we walk into a diner, and obviously there is a, a pack of tall, long-haired, rugged, rough uh, Scandinavian guys, but everybody's kind of, you know, kind people. Mm. There's nothing, it's nothing wrong. It's not like we go around mug people. <laughs> and I, as I pass between the tables over to the booth, we were sitting down, there is a table with four people where uh, two women are making, they're looking down and they're kind of making the crosses, like panic. <laughs> Uh, panic, panically making the crosses on their chest. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the, the Catholic thing where they where they where they do the the cross uh, over their chest. Uh, yeah, and, trying, and trying to they were, trying to they, protect themselves. They were panicking because we were walking past the table, <laughs> and I don't think I've ever been so provoked. <laughs> and and I, I I was kind of what what should I do? Should I just sit down and explain to these people how far out they are? Mm. <laughs> or or should I just walk, get my lunch, and get the hell out of here? That was, that was weird. You, 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 you should have like bought him a cup of tea and asked him how the grandkids and, were. Like... Yeah, talked about the pollution in the Atlantic. And... <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, just just talk about the local local government. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, it reminds me. Um, I remember hearing a story about Mortis. Havard um, Ellison, <laughs> when he, well, he obviously, I don't know, people listening might not know who he is, but he'd dress up in the full goblin face paint, yeah. and and he was doing a um a press a press conference in the US, and as he was walking back to his hotel, he had to walk in the full in the in the full face paint and the mask and the the costume and everything, yeah. and an old woman came up and started beating him with a handbag. Because she thought he was a real goblin. <laughs> uh, yeah. but she wasn't Ooh. she wasn't scared of him. I'm gonna beat this goblin today. Exactly. I haven't beat the goblin. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. It's like a sure way oh. into heaven. Just beat up a goblin. 
I've had a few weirdo run-ins with uh, with people in in coarse paint and dress-ups. Uh, it's a it's a good story, but I don't remember exactly who it was. But it was one of the guys from uh, from the uh, metal scene over in Bergen, mm. uh, who who uh, got a contract uh, offer from somebody down in uh, in Germany, I believe. <laughs> so <laughs> he he dresses up. Uh, and this is, of course, before 9-11, so there was no, like, uh, security issues. So, so he dresses up in, in full stage costume with corpse paint and everything. And he walks on the, the, the plane in Bergen, <laughs> and he flies down to Germany and signs the contract <laughs> in full stage costume, and he flies back home. <laughs> with the nails and the and the gun belt and everything. Oh. <laughs> and can, can you imagine that, uh, on on the plane between all, all the regular people just sitting there looking grim? Like, <laughs> oh, just grumpy, just plain. yeah, it's not even grim. Me, lady, it's just... I have, uh, have some more peanuts, please. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, do you have diet coke? <laughs> do, do you know the expression backpacker? Yeah, backpacker. Backpacker. Mm. The backpacker uh, is the the metal crowd that comes to Norway, especially Oslo, to uh, uh, to 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 find uh, the band people, hang out with the, the bands on, on the metal bars in Oslo. Okay. We we call them backpackers. Black <laughs> and, and over the over the years, <clears throat> this has been hilarious on several occasions because you know. There was this uh, this place uh, that closed down four years ago, uh, where where we all used to hang out. Called uh, it was called the Elm Street, mm. and uh, uh, everybody would be there drinking. And uh, I mean, if I on a regular night, there would be like uh, fifteen new bands created <laughs> over a beer, <laughs> which nobody remembered the day after. <laughs> it was that kind of environment, you know? Mm. And uh, but but everybody was there in their in their regular clothes, <laughs> so every now and then we would have these these black packers come in, uh, and they obviously fly in, they check into the hotel, and they get all their gear out and the makeup, <laughs> and they dress up, go on the Elm Street, and then they walk in the door, and they're shocked because they're the only ones who are who are wearing makeup. It's like they had some kind of conception that that this place would be all the the black metal guys hanging out on their spare time. In course paint, <laughs> <laughs> which of course nobody does. <laughs> so, so it's uh, and and then they they regularly they they just walk over to the bar and and uh, they they get a beer hmm. and they have this one beer and they go back to the hotel and and take off the paint and and uh, and the the, the, the spiky uh, arm wrists and all that stuff <laughs> and they come back. <laughs> It, and that happened so many times, you know. Oh. It, it had happened so many times. It was, it's weird. That's that's hilarious. That's a there's a there's a lot of very dedicated fans in the metal scene. That's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And and the, and there's a lot of misconception too, man. There's a lot of shit that people think is the way it's going down but it's it's not like that at all well just just the fact that they would they thought that everyone would just be there in their corpse paint and spikes and everything <laughs> like, like yeah it, it, it was it was back in um <clears throat> uh, when was this it was, must have been like uh 
2006 uh, or something. Um, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we were doing a gig in Oslo as part of a, a celebration for a metal magazine. Uh, and there was a surprise thing going on where they actually managed to scramble Emperor to come play three songs, mm. like a reunion thingy. Uh, it, it was always no reunion because that's the, more or less the only thing they did. Uh, and this was uh, a, a secret uh, thingy. And um, and I remember I was asked even to help out uh, Ishan uh, by setting up his gear, make it look, uh, you know, incidental since I was on stage anyway. Mm. So so I walk off stage and there's a there's a small break and it's a it's a big uh, venue so it's a rather rather big backstage uh, area with uh, with uh, a lot of people and and in the middle there i i meet ishan and he's in his uh, stage gear so he's he was painted and, and uh, wearing some stuff and uh, and i hadn't seen him for like 6 years or something <laughs> So, so he's, he's, hey, Jens, hey, hey, Vegar, how you doing? And it's like a, 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 a friendly greeting there. Obviously, we were in the middle of there, so everybody was, was uh, listening or watching us. Mm. And, and then he's there. I, I don't think he was wearing his guitar, but, uh, but he was, he, you know, with the whole stage outfit and all that stuff. And he says, what have you been doing? Well, I just got my kid. I got my kid too. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, uh, two or three minutes into the conversation, I'm in my dripping wet off-stage gear, and he's about to go on stage, and we're talking about the diapers we prepared <laughs> for. Our kid. What kind of, what's that? What's that? What thing? What, what kind of uh, uh, milk thingy do you powder do you use? <laughs> oh, no, mine, mine just moved up from the little, the tiny baby diapers into the next level. And, uh, oh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> People were, I, I, after two or three minutes into the conversation, I was, I was getting aware that people was, were staring at us because this was apparently not the kind of conversation they, they expected us to have. <laughs> just, just imagine someone who, who got a VOP ticket to that gig. <laughs> so how was it backstage? Well, I learned a lot about diapers and <laughs> and infant formula. So. And, uh, so it's like, oh, we got to talk more about this. I got to go on stage. And, and he goes on stage. Like, yeah, emperor. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously people think he's like that all the time, you know. Mm. It's, a, <laughs> it's a common misconception. Like, it's just the fact that people actually also think that everyone in the black all the black metal bands are actually satanic. Yeah, and, the same, the same thing. Yeah. And it's, it's like, well, no, it's all, it's all, it's, it's like it's the gimmick for the scene. It's, yeah, it, it's just that it fits. It doesn't mean people yeah. are actually going out there sacrificing goats. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, there you go. <laughs> it's it's a theatrical stage show. Mm. image yeah which uh, some people tend to uh, bring a little bit off stage too but I'll, I'll say the guys who actually need to bring that off stage they kind of misinterpreted their, their own role uh, yeah well we don't we don't really need to go into the whole 
early early black metal stuff because everyone pretty much knows that story back to front. Yeah. Um, but actually, speaking of, speaking of the whole corpse paint thing is um. I remember getting getting the first Borknaga CD and there was no corpse paint at all. It was a very different kind of direction yeah. for the time. It was... Well, it was it wasn't actually that uncommon because um, I think um, uh, Dimmu and Immortal were using, but Enslaved were not. Uh, Satyrican were using uh, uh, Mayhem uh, with you doing their thing, so it was kind of split that whole thingy, mm. uh, and it, it kind of with the lyrics for Borknagar, it makes no sense there is no um correlation to actually be using any corpse paint so it doesn't uh... well that's right i mean the, the borknaka lyrics they're, they're not evil lyrics yeah no because i mean a lot of the especially the, the later stuff is more about more sort of more about nature and that sort of <clears throat> yeah but, but we um uh, well, I'll, I'll call it a what you call it, a, a second level mature um, opposition. So it, it, the lyrics talk about nature and the strengths of nature and uh, uh, how these are powers. These are you know forces of nature. You 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 kind of you should be awed by the the actual forces of nature, but don't make everything into a goddamn religion. You know. Mm. And and that's the whole idea. You should you need to think for yourself and don't go around and be a sheep all the time. Yeah, that's 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 more that's the the, the kind of in between the lines uh, message uh, in Borknagar. Yeah. So so it, it's not like we're completely uninterested, but we do it a, a different approach. I mean, it's it's only so many songs you can write about. Uh, burning churches uh, and tipping over <laughs> gravestones, and and it's kind of, it's kind of uh, adolescent, you know, immature. Mm. You know? It's not, it's not very interesting, and um, it it was uh, kind of rough there a few years where people simply had to mature, and those who didn't want to mature kind of had the uh, fuel to the fire. So it's a weird time but uh, there's a lot of misconception about that whole shit too so mm. i think uh, i think if people want to know uh, a more balanced version of uh, of that scene in that time they should probably read up on uh, on what necrobutcher is uh, is telling that book that necrobutcher did I, no I, mayhem i didn't i didn't realize he had a book out actually yeah and uh, it's um I think he was, <clears throat> you know, there, there's a, some people over in, in Hollywood who's going to film that uh, that book, um, what's it called? That, that uh, Chaos, Lords of Chaos? Oh, yeah, that one? yeah, I've heard they, they were going to make a movie of it. Oh. Yeah, and I think uh, Necrobutcher got so provoked because it, it has so many errors, it has so many mistakes, that book. So he got so provoked that he actually started... He contacted some people and said, "If if this shit is is coming out now, we, we need to tell the real story, not the not the bullshit Hollywood uh, drama thingy." Mm. So, and and he made a, a um, 
he started i don't think he wrote that but you know he he had a co-writer and and they're making it into a into a movie with uh, some swedish producer <clears throat> and and that's a much more balanced um an honest uh, approach to to the scene yeah cuz i heard i heard the um the lords of chaos book took a lot of liberties and sort of really embellished a lot yeah um so it would be very interesting to hear hear his side of the story especially seeing that he was actually there at the time yeah he he was there he he, he was there pretty much so so yeah get 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 the the the, the truth uh, get uh, you get you get kind of a <clears throat> sorry you get kind of a story that tells about the shit that happened being co- coincidences not some scheme or major plan to launch Norwegian black metal uh, into the world by burning churches you know? uh, and he tells about uh, about uh, the, these people uh, in the scene uh, who also have weaknesses mm. they're, they're they're not flawless you know and and a lot of the stuff that happens is due to people uh, making mistakes and bad judgment and, and having uh, obviously uh, cases of jealousy and uh, and all that uh, stuff uh, and it's not like there's a like a major evil uh, what's it called you, you kind of picture that sometimes you kind of get a picture of like a, a super villain from a James Bond movie mm. or from a, some kind of a, a cartoon you know that's that's how the, the the scenes portrayed it's not like that at all yeah it's a it's a classic case of the media sensationalizing it yeah and Very much using so. it for using it for ratings and exactly well, that's uh, all the time we have for this week. Um, the Borknaga album, Winter Thrice, it's out on the 22nd of January through Century Media Records. Thank you very much for joining me, Jens. Thank you, Chris. Um, now, where, where can people find you on the internet? Borknagar.com And obviously Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. All, all the classics. But, uh, yeah, but uh, we we have our uh, our headquarters is uh, the dot com, dot com, and that's as where, where you can find basically find all the latest news and I think the film clips are up there as well. Oh yeah, of course, both of them. Everyone, yeah. go pick up the album when it comes out. Um, I am Chris Begg. Thank you for listening and take care of yourselves. Take care.